about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. Programs called All In with the Lord, and we are always talking about how to learn more about the kingdom of God, how it operates, and how it could work for us in our lives. So this week we're talking about the kingdom principles, how it works, and also, you know, we think about it in the terms of if you were the creator and you created man. Wouldn't you also create a way for man to always be self-sustaining? For instance, you go to bed at night to sleep because your body needs to recharge. When we buy a computer today, we buy computers that are rechargeable, that are wireless. We buy telephones that are what We want to know how long will they last on a charge? How long will a human last on a charge? So every night, your body replenishes itself. So... The human body and all that we are, God designed it in a way to take care of itself, to, to re-energize, and also to sustain itself. So there are kingdom principles by which you and I, if we understood them, could acquire anything we need at any time. That's right, anything we need at any time. And God set it up that way. But... As it goes, you know, with uh, being watered down through the generations and things called religion and other things that distract you from actually knowing the truth of God's Word, we all get sidetracked some way or another. Well, today we're talking about some of the ways to get unsidetracked, to get closer to God. And one of the things that's for sure is that God didn't do anything and doesn't do anything in the earth without first having someone say it. There, he had his prophets in the Old Testament. They would prophesy what God told them to prophesy. They would say what he wanted them to say. And so, in the process of prophesying or speaking, that was the first thing that happened. And, and so, and you go back to Genesis and you read where God uh, made the world, and he, he did it with words. He said light be. He spoke the word, and the word went out and started to operate and cause things to happen. So today, as we live in a world that's very unsure of itself in many ways, especially in the year 2020, I want to tell you about how you can guarantee where you're going, guarantee uh, that your prayers are being heard, and, uh, and they will be answered. So let's talk about that. Number one, uh, I'm going to read from Isaiah 9, 6, verse 6 and 7. And this is this time of the year, too, so we think about these things. But it says here in Isaiah, who keep in mind, Isaiah was a prophet. He prophesied things way before they happened. But he was speaking them into the earth. God wanted a man to speak this into the earth. It said, for us, today, for us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. 
and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over the kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. For, for that time and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So number one, here Isaiah is saying all this way before Jesus ever came into the earth. This is spoken. Now, as we learn about how the spoken word gathers strength over time and begins to produce that which is said, it never returns void. Remember, God's word never returns void. So he's talking about here, a child is born. He's talking about he's going to be a wonderful counselor and the greatness of the government and peace will be no end. And he'll be on David's throne. So now the word that's being spoken has to go out and organize all the circumstances for this to happen. And over time, things take place. Now, here is Micah. Micah was another prophetic man. This is Micah 5, 1 and 2. It says, uh, Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid upon against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler of Israel, who out whose origins are from of old, from ancient ancient times. So what's happening here is, again, a prophecy is being told of Jesus, where he's going to come from. So God prearranged this. He, he spoke it out of a prophet's mouth, and he's laying the foundation for how something is to occur. And that's done years in advance of it actually happening. But that was the mission and purpose of the prophet. The prophet of God was to speak in advance. So he was laying the foundation. Now, for Jesus to arrive and for all the things that were prophesied to come to pass, that was God's word in the earth causing things to happen. Now, let's read from Luke 2, uh, verse 4 through 7. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. Remember, he said the ruler was going to come out of the throne of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and who was expecting a child. Now remember, Mary was incarnated. The, the angel appeared to her and told her she was going to have a baby. She received that, but they were on their way to register, not to vote. They were on their way to register to pay taxes, okay, uh, with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
and she gave birth to her firstborn son. Well, first of all, when they say firstborn, that means there was more <coughs> after that. Okay, there was more children to come after that, but this was before she had relations with Joseph. She had a firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So the Holiday Inns and all the places were taken up, and they weren't prepared. They didn't know when the baby was going to come, but the baby decided to come. But in doing this, it was fulfilling all of the scriptures that said this would happen. You see, when God spoke it through a prophet, it began to set up the circumstances that would cause it to happen exactly the way it did. Exactly the way it did. In Luke one thirty-three through 37, it says, And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Talking about Jesus. How will this be? Mary asked the angel since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child at her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. The prophets prophesied all of this. The prophets spoke it into the earth. The moment God's word was spoken into the earth, it began to organize circumstances which would cause this to come to pass. And that is exactly how the process works. Can't happen without someone first proclaiming it, decreeing it. Here in John 1, 1, verse 1 through 3, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Now listen, I know sometimes we can be really confused on how the things work. But we're talking about in the beginning was the Word. God used the Word to create everything that you see today. Everything. And the Word is what he set up for Adam when he created man, that it would supply all needs, every need. Every need that you have, every need that Adam had, every need would be supplied, but it will be supplied by word activation. You must speak it in order to receive it. If you're looking for something to materialize out of nowhere... The process is speaking it, prophesying it. Now, prophesying it means that you are, like, you go back to the to Isaiah and read this. Isaiah had no idea of how. He had no idea of how all these things would come to pass. 
All he knew is that he was told by God to speak. God knew how the world was designed because he designed it. He knew that it was word, sensitive and activated, and that when you speak his word, his word never fails and will never return void. So the moment it's spoken into the earth, things begin to change. One of the things I see in, in Christian living is people get excited and they pray for something, and then they quit. They quit before it ever begins to materialize. They quit too early. They just give up. They don't, oh, man, I don't know. You know, I, yeah, I know I prayed for that, but maybe that's not what God's will is. Wishy-washy, wishy-washy Christians. And you can't be wishy-washy. You can't quit. Never quit. I, I mean, the ideal believer is someone who listens to the Lord, hears what he says to do, proclaims it out of his mouth, and then never retreats. I mean, never. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it smells like, you do not retreat from God's Word. So God's Word then has final authority in your world and in your life. God's Word will never let you down. Your own faith will let you down. Your own belief will let you down. Your own wishy-washiness will let you down. But His Word will never fail. So once we learn this, you and I, we can take God's Word and we can apply it to circumstances and situations in our lives. But then once we do that, we can't back down. You can't back down no matter what. No matter what. You can, you can be declaring that you are debt-free. And the moment you do that, all of a sudden, 10 bills come in. You go, I didn't even remember them. But that has no bearing on the fact that once you set your course, you must stick to it. Once God set the course through his prophets, it would come to pass that Jesus would have a pathway into the earth to be born into. And he would be born through that pathway, through the lineage of David, and he will, would become the Savior of the world, and he would also become the, the Prince of Peace, which it talked about here in the other scripture, where he will sit on David, reign on David's throne, and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding justice and righteousness. Justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever... Um, and he'll be the ruler over Israel. That's what these scriptures are talking about. So when we talk about God's word never returning void, every word that he's prophesied from the beginning is at work in the earth fulfilling itself. That's right, fulfilling itself. And you and I are told that we are made in the image and likeness of God. That means we're made just like him. He would not have dropped you off on planet Earth without a way to take care of yourself. He gave you that way. He gave all of us that way. But when we listen to false teachings that lead us astray in the sense of not understanding that we can prosper, that God wants you to be healed, that God... Last week, we I, I read so many scriptures on the fact that God's plan 
is for you to prosper. God's plan is for you to be healed. God's plan is for you to have whatever you need. But people don't. Somehow it's easier to believe the opposite, I guess. Uh, that God doesn't have a plan for you, or, or somehow you got him so mad that in your case, you can't prosper. You'll, you, you're the one that's going to get all the problems. Well, God, ha- there was a problem, but Jesus solved it, okay? All sin, all of that separation from God was dealt with at the cross. And Jesus, in order to get here, had to wait for his moment in time. So once the word is spoken, it goes to work, but there's a timeline. And in time, all the circumstances will align for what was spoken. And so speaking the word of God and having the opportunity to witness it uh, materialize gives you confidence for the next time. Now, in Jesus' case, so many things had to line up. It was, it took only, it took an absolute miracle of God. A miracle of God. Right now in this country, we're witnessing lots of different miracles of God. He's, he is giving us miracle after miracle of just totally uh, things that people are prophesying through the false media. That That's Satan's game, by the way, is to teach you from the false prophets, people with opinions and telling you how to live your life. And, and if you buy into it, if you can get enough people believing him, enough people speaking it, he knows how the kingdom works. The kingdom of God is set up on earth. It is set up on earth. The earth will produce the fruit of your lips. It will. It will. And Lucifer knows that. So he spent years, decades, aligning people, especially in this country, through the media, which used to be what we'd call fair in the sense of trying to get to the truth. But today, it's mostly opinions. It's mostly false teachings. And if they can get a percentage of people believing them, Lucifer feels like he can make something come to pass because he's now witnessed God do it throughout the earth. But you see, the missing piece for him is he hates. If you see anyone who hates other people or does it out of vengeance or hatred in what they're trying to speak, you know they're not from God because God is love. God is love. He's, he doesn't have love. He is love. And he would never hate anyone. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't hate me. He doesn't hate anyone. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. So when you see groups of people aligning themselves, whether spiritually or politically or whatever, and there's hatred involved, it's not God. It is the false God. It is Lucifer himself manifested through people who probably don't know what they're doing. I forgive them, but they're not going to get their way because hatred, unforgiveness, will never allow prayers to be answered. It stops the generating process. So when somebody has hatred for somebody or unforgiveness towards somebody, their prayers fall short because that's that's what happens with that type of thing. It's a negative negative, and it's so negative that it stops the process. God created this process to operate in love. So when you love your neighbor as yourself, 
and you speak and decree things that you want to happen, that word, it just, it just goes and it produces fruit. And so we're going to talk about how that happens and how we can utilize that. But right now, we're talking about John 1, 1, where in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So the Word existed before you did. Through Him all things were made. So through the Word, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. So everything we know as real started with a Word. Ponder that. Ponder that. Before you got here, God's Word existed, creating the Earth, the atmosphere, the oxygen, the stars, the planets, the solar systems, everything is upheld by His Word. And He is the Word. Okay? So we have an operation going on here that's Word-controlled, Word-activated, and Word-originated. Everything started with God's Word. So, in your life, you came to be because God's Word spoke you, yes, you, into existence. He knew you. The Bible says he foreknew you before you were in your mother's womb. And then you were born into this earth. Now, somehow in all of God's majesty and all of his organization, he knew that you were designed in a way when you were born to the family you were born to, that you would react a certain way. And it would, it would cause you to become a certain person. And that person is the plan that he has for you. God has a plan for you that only you could exist. I mean, only you could make exist, call it forth because of the nature by which you were designed. You, and we look at life and we say, well, maybe you, got, you grew up in unfortunate circumstances or with, with parents who were unloving or just didn't treat you right. But, you know, it made you into a certain person that you wouldn't be if not for how you were brought into the earth. So I know that in a perfect world, Everything should be worked out perfectly. But not everyone's circumstances were perfect. Yet you and I are created and designed, and God foreknew who you would become, and there's a job he has for you in this planet that only you could fulfill. Only you could fulfill. And it took going through those circumstances. So I... I know, I know this is hard to think about, but, and let's take family situations that were not good at all. You must have been a tougher person. God knew you were tough enough, strong enough, that if he put you there, you would turn out in a way that would bring glory to God. 
And um, so a person that was born with no adversity in their life, they tend to be weak. And they tend to be people who don't really accomplish a lot because everything's given to them. It's just easy. So adversity is what makes you strong. So when you look at your life, think of it in a way that all things that God has done are working together for good because we trust Him. And I do. I mean, my life was uh, kind of confused in the beginning. Uh, a lot of things were not aligned properly. I'm not going to give my history right now. But it doesn't matter because God found me in the midst of that. And He turned me into a person who regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, I will serve the Lord. And I will take His Word and use it to turn my life around. You know, if you play video games today, you know you can place yourself in situations or scenarios. And then you have to fight your way out. Or you have to race your way out. Or you have to get out of that circumstance. Well, that is a controlled environment in which you play a game. And you expect to win that game. Matter of fact, you get upset when you don't. Now, if you have all the tools and all the weapons and all the secrets of the game, there's no fun in the game because you know how to beat it before you start. But learning how those tools work, learning how to accomplish more. That makes you more valuable in the game, and you feel like you achieved something. Well, all of us on earth are achieving something. Now, Satan's big goal in all that is to, is to tell you you're worthless, is to tell you you don't matter, that you'll never win, and you're a just poor you, you know, poor you, for, for every adversity. There's a seed of equivalent benefit. I remember that. I learned that years ago, and I use it in my life. If anything goes the way I don't want it to go, I immediately say, for every adversity, there is a seed of equivalent benefit, which means I'm about to be blessed to the same degree that something went wrong. I expect a blessing that's going to overpower that, and it's going to come. It will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to retrain our mind, and we have to realize that we were created by a loving God, a God who knew all things in advance. So no matter how bad your circumstances are or were, they can and will turn around when you begin to be the prophet of God's Word. God's Word never returns void. I often have people tell me, I, I don't believe the Bible, and I, there's, they just, it just doesn't make sense, and nothing connects, and nothing works out. It's to the contrary. Every single word in the Bible checks out. Every single word confirms another part of the Bible. Every part of the Bible confirms another part of the Bible. If you read it, meditate on it, and absorb it, you will walk away from reading it like, wow. But you can't go into anything with an attitude that says, there's nothing there for me. 
because you're being a prophet over your own life. And you know what? You're right. There's nothing in it for you. Not when you speak it. And we're going to take a break. We're coming back, and we're going to talk about how to activate this kingdom in your life. We're going to talk about how you can turn any circumstance around. I don't care if you're listening to this. I don't care how broke you are. I don't care how hurt you are. I don't care how sick you are. I don't care. I just don't care, and neither does God. He's got a way out. He's got a way through the wilderness. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. 2 Chronicles 7.14 WFYL reminds you to pray for America. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. And we're back. And we've been talking on this program about God's Word. And, you know, I know everyone's life and situation is different. And you may feel really beat up, broke, busted, sick, disgusted. You might feel lonely. You might feel just just down. God's Word can transform that. You say, how can that happen, Art? Matter of fact, God's Word can transform any circumstance in this country, in this world, in your life. And now there's a little time factor. We live in time. We, we, we are not out of time. We're in time, which means time has to pass. Okay? And what I'm going to read you next is going to tell you a process by which you can turn around any circumstance. The question isn't if you can turn it around. The question is, will you? The question is, will you take the challenge to change yourself dramatically enough in a way that will cause you to say what the you know what you want instead of what you have? You know, I I remember in James, the book of James, it says the power of life and death is in the tongue, and it also says that a big ship. You steer a really big ship with a rudder. No matter, I don't know if you've ever been on any of these big cruises that take you to Disney or any of, the, any of these big... They're huge. They're huge. And they weigh a ton. But yet, even though it has a motor, to steer it, you need what's called a rudder. A rudder. A little thing in the water. It's called a rudder. And you've got to turn the rudder to steer the boat. So even though this boat is huge, you still need to turn it with the rudder. Well, we're going to talk about how you can turn right now from your circumstance. God's power is about to flood the earth, and it's going to speed up time like you've never seen before. Things that took five years will take 
maybe not even a year. <clears throat> things that took 10 years, maybe, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Things that took a year are going to happen in minutes. And, you know, in heaven, there is no time. So things happen like that. That's why if God ever turned you and I loose in heaven without a preparation here on earth, you could walk around destroying things so quickly. Because if you said something out of your mouth and it happened instantly, man, you you could really do a lot of destruction. So God's not going to let that happen. He's got you in a training program here on earth. And it will determine where you spend eternity. For those out-of-control people who just want to do anything they want to do and and not believe that there's a process by which it all exists well they're going to have to they're going to find out how it really is but they may find themselves spending eternity somewhere they did not want to go so let's not talk about that let's talk about how to go where you need to go and where you want to go and that is into the service of god so god god prophesied about jesus being born he prophesied to mary that she would have a child she believed it she received it he was born then Jesus came and he taught on the earth. And he his job on the earth was to teach us how this kingdom works. I mean, first of all, he went around healing and teaching and preaching. And people were following him by the thousands. And it scared a lot of the government officials because they never saw anything like this. But then Jesus began to teach them how he, to do what he was doing. And I can only imagine if I created something so sophisticated as a human being and I put a planet uh, together that could produce anything that human being wanted, how would I explain, what would the technical manual look like? <clears throat> because to, to give a technical manual out to explain what to do technically and how it's all going to happen, you wouldn't get it. You know, you would just go, oh my gosh, I don't get it. But Jesus came and he talked in what's known as parables. He, he talked in story form so that we could understand how the system works. And yet people still haven't gotten it. So let's read here from Mark, chap, book of Mark, chapter 4. I could start in verse 11, but I'm going to jump to 14 because it just simply says, Jesus is talking and he says, if you don't understand this one, this parable, you're not going to understand anything else I'm saying. That's what he said. And then in, in um, four, verse 14, here's Jesus saying, this is how it works. The farmer sows the word. So we're back to the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So let's suppose you go to an all-out meeting where people are just praising God, and maybe you saw somebody get healed or some miracle took place, and you grab a hold of that. Your hope for your own situation just rose. But as you leave the meeting, you feel yourself being pulled back and said, no, well, you, don't, you don't think that's going to happen for you. You're not worthy of that. You aren't a person who can receive that. And that's exactly what Satan comes to do. He tries to get to you immediately to stop you from believing what you just had hope for, right? So Satan comes immediately 
and takes away the word that was sown in them. And when he comes immediately, that's a person usually that hasn't really gotten any root in themselves. They, they don't have the root enough to believe that God um, will see it through with them, that they can have a miracle. So they're not really believing at that point. They're, they're testing. And, but they, Satan comes and says, who are you? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are that you think God's going to heal you? You think God's going to bring you money? You think God's going to get you the right husband? You think God's going to get you out of your circumstances? Not you. And that's Lucifer lying, doing his best to steal God's word. Steal it before it takes root. If you buy a new tree, a little tree that you can go plant in your yard, and it's got a small set of roots, and you you're told to go prepare the ground, you know, pick a good spot, put some potting soil in there and some nutrients, and then plant that tree. And you plant it, and boy, the tree's sitting there. It's maybe it's two feet tall, and you know someday that tree is going to be, man, twenty feet tall but not today. And you have to wait till that thing takes root and it grows. It's the same thing with God's Word. And if you come back the next day and you pull that tree out and check its roots, it's never going to grow because you're pulling it out. But the easiest time to pull something out is before it gets roots. And that's exactly what Satan knows. He knows that if he can get the Word out of you before it takes root, that's the easiest thing to do. So there's a lot of wishy-washy Christians that are taken out, taken out, just taken out immediately. And um, and that's the way it goes, man. They're just taken out so easily. Yeah, God ain't going to do that for you. Oh, okay. I thought maybe he would, but no, I guess I, I guess you're right. I don't deserve it. And I'll just... So you see those Christians, they, they're just not ever going to get the word. Answer. <clears throat> Others like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word, and at once receive it with joy. You ever see the person that get, hears something, they get real excited, and they're going, boy, they're up to the top, and then they're down to the bottom, but they're up to the top um, with joy. But since there is no root, they didn't really read about it, they didn't really see other people, uh, how it really works, they got excited for a moment, or a day, or an hour. and um, And the word was... They received it with joy, but they had no root, so they last only a short time, maybe 30 days. When uh, trouble or persecution comes because of the word's sake, they quickly fall away. So what it's saying here is that when persecution comes, and the minute you take God's word and you apply it to a circumstance, there is that second hit you get of trying to discourage you. And there are people who quit because they're not sure. Will this really work, man? Guy, maybe they're right. God doesn't want me to succeed. He doesn't want me to have all this. And besides, you know, you shouldn't be rich. You can't get into the kingdom of God. Doesn't say that, but that's what people believe. So people who don't have any root because they haven't really learned the word, quit. When they're easily pushed, or some person, some circumstance happens that you would call adversity, something goes against you, and it comes not because of you. It doesn't come because God wants to teach you something. 
It comes because you used the word, and Satan's against the word. So the minute you use the word and try to stand with it, persecution comes, adversity comes, but then you take a second bite down, you say, I'm not budging. The more root you have, the less you're willing to budge, right? So you won't budge, but still others like see, are like seed sown among the thorns. They hear the word, but they begin to worry. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in, and they choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So what does that mean? These are the ones who desire things more than they do good things. They just want stuff for themselves, right? So they see it among the thorns. So the wor- they start to worry. What if I don't get this? What if I do? Worry, worry, worry. What if, what if, what if, what if? Worry is fear. It's fear. And it's the opposite of faith. So worry is believing it isn't going to work. That's what it is. Believing that you will not succeed is to worry. If you absolutely knew that you were going to succeed, you wouldn't worry. But worry diffuses the energy of the word. It stops it from occurring. So, these are the ones who worry. And the deceitfulness of riches, what does that mean? They think if they have money, it'll solve every problem. That the money will just solve the problem, but it won't solve the problem. Money will not solve the problem. However, you do need money to help solve the problem. So by knowing how to attract money, you can solve the problem. But then you can uh, attract more money whenever you need it. Because once you law uh, understand the law of attraction and the law of sowing the word that will bring the money, it will not be an issue anymore. Okay, so... The worries of this life, deceitfulness of of wealth, desires for other things, wanting stuff so bad that it keeps you from meditating and believing because you worry that you're not going to get it. So that chokes the word. The word gets choked and it stops. So now you have the word of God. You have the earth ready to make it grow, yet you're stopping it by your own unbelief. That's how it works. So here's the good stuff. Others like seeds sown on soil. Others like seeds sown on good soil. They hear the word. They accept it. And they produce a crop, some 30, 60, and some 100 fold. Now, I want to elaborate on this because this is the good, this is what you're supposed to be like. You have to get root in yourself to the point where the, you're the good soil. You hear the word, you accept it, and you become like a bulldog. You will not stop believing. You chomp down on that. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. I bite down on that, and I refuse to believe or see Anything else, no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, no matter what I smell, taste, or feel, I will not depart from the fact that my God 
supplies all my needs. He will supply my need. He will pay my bills. He'll help me have the money and the wherewithal to pay my bills. He will give me what I need to eat. My God will supply it. I am not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I am not listening to the false prophets. I am not listening to how the whole place is going to collapse. I better buy gold and silver. Not that you don't want to buy gold and silver, but you don't want to do it because you're worried. You want to do it because it's smart. You shouldn't worry about anything because then you're slipping back like the person in the, on the other ground that's not stony ground or whatever. You don't want to be that. You want to be the person who believes and just stays the course, stays the course, refuses to quit in the face of all odds, in the face of everything saying no. You say yes, and my God was or my God is for me, who can be against me? I refuse to quit. Have you ever done that? Most Christians quit way before then. They give up. They're just not even, they're just wishy-washy. And they say, well, God, it didn't work for me. You can't have that, you know, it's that name it and claim it bunch, you name it, and you think it's coming. No, it's not what it is at all. It's operating the principles of the kingdom of God that God established when he built the earth. And he's trying to teach you to wake up and use them. Every single day, you are sowing seed, whether you like it or not. And the seed that you're sowing out of your mouth, out of your ears, out of your existence, is what's causing your life to re-manifest itself in the same way. Some people are on a merry ground. It keeps going round and round. You say, well, this always happens to me. It always happens. Well, you're saying it. You're creating your own future. And you're believing it. That's what's worse. Because you talk yourself into anything to the point where you believe it. And when you believe it, you'll receive it. So here he's saying we're to be like good, good ground. And the least return you can get is a 30-fold return. Some people get a 30-fold some 60 and some 100 times what they're believing for because they really believe and they activate their faith. So then he goes on in verse 22 and it says, He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out in the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He's saying, I'm bringing this out in the open. This is a lamp to you. This what I just told you <coughs> about using the word. It is a lampstand. It is for those who have ears to hear, you're ready to go. What is it you want? What do you need? Want to double your income? Want to increase your health? Want to get rid of the uh, worries or the, or the unpeacefulness of a childhood or anything else? God will deliver you. Absolutely. But you've got to stop speaking about the problem and start speaking the future. It's called having a prophetic voice for your future. And you are called to prophesy your future. Everyone does. They just don't know it. They don't know it. That they are actually literally... And the Bible tells us, God's Word says, He says that we will be judged. When we leave this earth, every single person will be judged for every word that they've said. Think about that. 
That means when you get before God in judgment, and every human, whether you go to heaven or not, you're going to have that moment where you're before God. You are going to be judged because he's going to show you what your words went out and did in the earth. You're going to see the behind the scenes. You're going to see all of the technical aspects of what your words did and how your words got you where you went. Not God. God didn't do it to you. Your words did. And, you know, and in some cases, you know, just not knowing because, you know, Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge, for ignorance. We don't know. So if you didn't know it and you did it, it doesn't stop it from being the fact that that's how you got there. But once you hear this, if you have ears to hear, you've got to change the direction of that rudder. And the rudder is the tongue. Your tongue is the rudder. It changes the entire direction and course of your life, if you will allow it to. And what Jesus is saying here, I'm putting this on a lampstand. This information is here, lit up now. What are you going to do with it? Consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully what you hear. Are you considering what you're listening to? On the radio, on the TV, online, are you considering? It says, consider what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. That means whoever has the word, more will be given. Whoever does not have, even that which he has will be taken away. If you don't have the word working in your life, you have the opposite of it. You have the negative part. You have the prophesying of doom and gloom, and you will lose all the blessings God wants you to have. But it was not his fault, and he's not using it to teach you. You are using it on yourself for lack of knowledge, for ignorance. You can plead ignorance. But it's very important to understand that God's word will never return void. Okay, so here he also said, this is in verse 26, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Okay, you ready? Do you have ears to hear? This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. I'm going to read this again. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man or woman scatters seed, word, word, out of our mouth, on the ground, into the earth, night and day, whether he sleeps or whether he's up. The seed is going to do something. It sprouts and grows. 
and he does not know how. You don't have to know how. You don't need to know how. You will never know how till you get to heaven. But it's happening, whether you like it or not. It's happening. And all by itself, the soil produces grain. So God's soil, which he's established in the earth, is producing everything necessary for your life. First stalk. First it's small. You see little evidence that things are changing. Then the full head. Oh boy, it might happen. And then the full kernel in the head. Pretty neat, huh? Yeah, let's see. My page got stuck here. Well, I can tell you, I don't know if I printed that part out, but the next part is then when it's harvest, it's time to put in the sickle. You time to enjoy and reap what you've sown. Problem is, too many people are sowing things they don't want, and they're harvesting things they don't want, and they want to know, why me? Why me? Last scripture for today, Matthew 12, verse 35. A good man or woman, out of the good treasure of their heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. So, regardless of what it is, good or evil, what's coming out of your heart, not your blood pump, but your heart, your center of your being, out of your mouth, is bringing forth fruit. First the stalk, then the head, then the fruit. And all you've got to do is take control over what the seed is. I'm telling you, we've come to a point in time where you need to grow up and understand how this kingdom works and how you can transform and change. Because this is the year coming up, 2021. For those who are in Christ and using his word, you're going to see a tremendous harvest. Things that took months will take days. <clears throat> so get on board, use God's word, understand the kingdom, and put it to work. And watch this country change, watch your life change, watch everything around you change for the better. <clears throat> because you're sowing God's word. God's word will never return void. So use it. No, or you will lose it. Hey, have a great week. I had fun. I hope you did. See you next week on All In. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.